right, 810. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, November 17th, 2021. Um, looking forward here. Um, should any second now have uh, Nebraska's athletic director, Trev Alberts, uh, on the phone. Uh, kind enough to uh, give us some time on, uh, I mean, let's face it, a, a week and a half where there has been all kinds of, of discussion about the future of the Nebraska program, what's being done, why it's being done, and, and just kind of a lot of questions around it. Um, and so, uh, and, and so we invited Trev onto the show just to talk to us a little bit about that. We've had him on a couple of times before, um, and uh, and he said, "Hey, yeah, uh, we'll talk to you." Uh, and uh, so now we have a chance to do that. And he joins us uh, right now on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Trev, good morning. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Good morning to you as well. Good. Now, I know in the media, you know, they're all going for clicks with the headlines and everything, but I read a headline this week that said Trev Alberts finds the perfect bride for his son, and I thought there must be there must be a little bit of an additional story there behind that. I know you've been you, you had a big wedding in the family, uh, but in case you want to clarify that you did not put together an arranged marriage for your son, you can you can go ahead and do that now. Yeah. Uh, the the headline was a little more dramatic than perhaps reality. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've learned to uh, to deal with that. No, we're we're just thrilled for Chase and Cassie, the uh, our oldest son, uh, and I had a young lady who was a student worker within the athletic department down in Omaha that uh, um, you know I, I had a connection with that I I suggested my son, but that was basically it for me. So uh, no no arranged marriages uh, per se in our family, but happy that our uh, our son and his bride are quite happy. So. You've had a busy few weeks, Trev. My goodness. <laughs> well, between arranging marriages and uh yeah. No, yeah, it's you know, it's a, it's a fairly ambitious schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, working here, but it's it's good. And it's only been what like 4 months, right? Um boy. It's been Well, it's... one one month as an athletic director in Lincoln equals 1 year. It's like so dog I've been here four years. It's like yeah. dog years for athletic director. <laughs> how are you? How are you feeling after this whole kind of this whole contract thing? The whole discussion, the whole decision is is just behind behind you now, behind the football program now. Of course, there's still discussion of it, but but how do you feel? Relieved, hopeful, excited? What's kind of your outlook now that this part of it is over? Well, I you know I mean there's there's probably some of all those emotions. The reality is is you know the work starts now. I mean this is not a okay we're done because um, I've had that sort of sentiment elsewhere. The reality is you know this is a this is an important thing for for both me and Scott. It's an important thing for our athletic department. It's an important thing for our university and state. So you know it's just a real commitment to. Um, to really dive in together uh, on on all these details and see if we can, you know, continue to make progress. And I know, by the way, um, remember we've got two fantastic games left right. in the season, and and want to send a very strong message about the importance of those games. And and that's important to our players. It's important, and based on uh, you know their commitment and practice this week, and um, it's obviously very important to them too. So. Uh, two great opportunities for for the culture of our team to really shine through in terms of how they play and playing together and some of those sort of subjective measures we've talked about. Um, but I think you know the way uh, the way we finish these two games will be very important, uh, you know, to help us uh, as we move forward. But I, you know, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about the uh, the opportunity to continue working with Coach Frost and and uh, his existing staff and then those that he uh, might choose to bring in and and uh, doing everything we can to to support these young men and in, in winning football games for Husker Nation. 
So, Trev, you've got folks like us and, and other people across media and everyone on social media talking about what should or shouldn't be done at just about all times, but <laughs> what's the feedback you've been getting uh, over the last week to have the restructured contract bring Scott back? Obviously, there's going to be some assistant changes in there as well, but what, what have you been hearing from fans and boosters over the last week? Well, there's a wide range, you know. I suppose um, you know we could spend a lot of time uh, talking about the the response, but you know, I think when you're in in a leadership position, at least this is how I approach things. I I really do. I, I I'm not interested. This is not my athletic department, and it's not my football program. This this belongs to to us. And uh, the challenge is, you're never going to gain consensus with everybody in every decision making. And if you try to do that, you're not leading. So, you know, the objective. Is is, is to take as much counsel as you possibly can. I've gotten good counsel. I've gotten good feedback. Um, you know, I've tested several narratives, and, and ultimately then you make the best decision that you can given the, the information you have, the data points that you have, and sometimes you're not right, um, you know, but there, there are a lot of different factors that, that go that go into it, and certainly, you know, we run a, a fairly sophisticated business here, and, and I'm very cognizant of that. I enjoy that aspect of of this job, and so, um, you know, I, I, I liked the process that we went through. I enjoyed engaging with, with Scott in it, and um, part of that engagement, uh, I think, is to clearly define, you know, commitment levels and, and interest in, in doing the work um, and making the change. And I'll tell you, you know, I, I it came out of that process more confident than ever uh, in Scott's commitment um, and and his all-in for, for Nebraska. And that's a really important starting point. It might, you know, sometimes we gloss over that. But, um, you know, Scott, I thought, um, really made a strong statement about uh, his desire um, to to find a way um, to get the program um, back is the wrong word, but but right. to have the type of football program that uh, um, that that more people are are really proud of and it represents the state. Trev Alberts, our guest on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at eight sixteen on Lincoln Susan Talk fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. You and others have, have pointed out that looking at empirical numbers, it's it's rare to see a coach that started with four years like like Coach did turn things around, and and, and some have said this decision was simply just made out of loyalty but like I'm thinking about that and I can't imagine you'd make it sheerly because he's a Husker right Uh, because he's part of the family I I assume you do think there's a likelihood that he bucks the trend or or you wouldn't do it I I I mean I think that's probably the case is it and and if so why I mean, I think, you know, all of those different factors have to be a part of your decision-making process. I mean, you you don't make decisions only because somebody is because you're being loyal. That, that can't be the only decision-making point. Does it play a factor? I think it does. And that's what I try to communicate is that with all things being equal, if, uh, you know, if there's a decision to be made, and it wouldn't just be in football, um, you know, this this is a place that, that does embrace loyalty. Uh, again, not blind loyalty. But if there's a decision point and a decision-making that, you know, it's close, um, I think we probably will err on that side and, and working through, you know, some of those challenges and giving ourselves every opportunity. You throw in, a, you know, the realities of, of the business arrangement of coaching contracts, not just Coach Frost, but, but any other coach that you're evaluating. That's always part of the decision-making. Um, you know, when I mention the empirical data and, and the and, and the realities of of the past, the reality is is today we're not living 
<laughs> in the same world that it was in the past yeah. either. Remember that yeah. this is a different this is a different time. Um, there wasn't a transfer portal. Yep. There wasn't uh, <laughs> early signing dates. So yep. you know, again, I. I think we make the same mistakes. I do the same thing. Uh, we make the same mistakes sometimes. We we look at programs in the Big Ten, maybe Minnesota, Purdue, Indiana, others, through the prism of 1992. And I'm going to tell you that, that those programs are uh, Minnesota's football program, you could argue, is, is further along than ours. I mean, this is not... 1993, it is 2021, where you have elite coaches, elite resources, facilities. Um, everybody in the Big Ten can beat anybody in the Big Ten every single Saturday. And the sooner we understand that and embrace that um, true reality of parity, almost like the NFL, the better chance we'll have of, of creating a process that helps us be successful. Trev, uh, of course, since the university is a public entity, the contract's been released. Most of it's pretty straightforward. Uh, although the tying of a future raise and extension of the contract to mutually agreed metrics is one that I keep getting questions about. Can you just clear up the question that I've gotten repeatedly about whether these metrics have already been agreed upon or that's something you guys are going to nail down down the road? Those have been agreed upon and, and, you know, they're uh, I feel I feel strongly about this. It's not just football, but but all of our coaches. You know, we talk about trust and those types of things. You know, we I have conversations with all of our coaches. We're going through strategic planning right now, and and there has to be you know conversations about expectations that 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 I think have to remain confidential between administration and coaches. And and um, I think that's um, you know as I talked about previously, um, you know we, th- those types of things will be will be done personally and, and confidentially with our coaching staff. We've done that. We're on the same page. They're not undefined. Uh, as I've said previously, I'm probably the most transparent, <laughs> straightforward person in the world. There, there, there are no surprises uh, or, or anything within the athletic department. At least that's our goal. We'll be very open in our communication with all of our coaches and staff. But then some of those more direct, you know, personnel type things, I think, um, it's fair to our coaching staff that those remain confidential between administration and coaches. So what we're getting out of that is it's only a matter of time before someone guesses that the contract extension is tied to the number of runs are sold at Memorial Stadium next year. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that is, uh, you know, as I said, I enjoy the business part of it. And so we, we've started integrating those types of metrics into coaching contracts, you know, numbers of uh, Diet Pepsis versus Pepsi, uh, how many Valentino slices were sold. I mean, there's a very direct uh, incentive for coaches. Uh, no, I... <laughs> I, 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 Trev, I, I, know, I know you don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but in the few months you've been here, did you see more systemic issues in the football program beyond coaching that are holding them back and is that you know part of the reason maybe some things can be addressed without without a coaching change here well i yeah i, I don't like doing that i mean i i learned very uh earlier early on in my uh uh, experience as an athletic director, sitting in judgment of past leadership is a really dangerous thing to do. Because again, just like we talked about now, we're, we assembled the data we had. We make decisions based on a time, you know, uh, frozen in space, if you will, with data at that time that we thought was in the best interest of the institution. Well, past leadership does the same thing, and the world might have been different three or four years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I, um, I want to be very careful about that. I I'm, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't like when when coaches take over and, and spend all their time talking about how the previous coaching staff, you know, did a terrible job and didn't leave them with anything. I mean, it's really... 
Uh, I just don't think that should be part of our culture of who we are. It's part of excuse making. It's part of it's, you know, listen, um, you know, our job is to fix it. At the same time, I think the benefit you have of somebody when, when they're from the outside who's not been here, you get a chance with a fresh you know, set of eyes to take a look at. And, and all I believe in, guys, is, you know, athletics is a funny thing. You never stay the same. Yeah. You are either, you know, incrementally getting better or, or you're falling behind. And so you have to create this culture of planning, executing, measuring, and correcting. And you're just constantly in this cycle. And so all I do is keep asking, you know, is there a better way? Is there something different? What What's changed? Maybe that worked eight years ago, but 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 these changes keep happening, and do we have the courage um, and do we have the energy that's necessary to continue attacking those opportunities and put ourselves in the best position to be successful? So so that's really what yeah. it's about for me. I'm not a football coach, guys. I'm, I like culture stuff. I like leadership. I like you know, all those other areas around football. I hope I can be helpful at the same time, not meddlesome. Hey, how well, uh, like, how, how much different uh, or how much better do you know Scott Frost now than you did in, in July coming in now that you've had a chance? Like, what's your, how, how has that relationship kind of changed and developed in these months? Well, I, I didn't, you know, I can't honestly tell you that I, I knew Scott at all prior to uh, to taking the AD job. Of course, I was well aware of him and had read about him and, you know, was thrilled for him and knew that he'd won a national championship, knew his story, knew his story about his family and, you know, held him in high regard and, and quote, respect from afar. But, you know, I, you know, it's like anything else in relationship when you start talking to somebody. The most important thing in our world today is we need to talk to people, um, you know, just talk to people. <laughs> You'd be surprised how how more similar uh, than dissimilar we all are. And you mean not on social media, too. <laughs> well, well, exactly. You know, but just actually engage somebody and had some really great uh, counsel and feedback from one of our donors. And, and uh, um, you know, early on is like anything else. When you, you don't know somebody well, it could be a little bit awkward. But, you know, it was very clear very early on that Scott and I share uh, a very similar passion for the University of Nebraska. And then as time went out through the course of the season, I think he you know, anytime you have a change in athletic director, it's, you know, I, you can understand how coaches would be really hesitant to want to think that uh, this individual right. is here to really help me and wants right. to be all in and, and isn't sort of trying to manipulate my failures so that he or she can get mm -hmm. their own person. So I think that happens over time. And, and frankly, I, I just... Um, I really enjoy Scott. I think he's got a great personality. I think he's really smart. Um, I think he's really willing and um, and wants to uh, um, you know work with anybody who can help. So I've I've just really enjoyed it to be honest with you. Uh, we're about out of time, and and again, I do really appreciate your time and transparency with this this Trev. The, the football staff, as you mentioned, is going to look pretty different uh, going into next year. In, in kind of your discussions with the coach, and, and really this would apply any time this would happen, where you know a staff kind of changes. How does that impact expectations, metrics, what you want to see, uh, especially when you're in a year? I mean, frankly, where there's going to be a lot of discussion about about those metrics in that year or the the success or lack lack of success in that year how does how does a changed coaching staff kind of impact that situation for you well i think it has a has an opportunity to be incredibly positive impact i mean and i i think that um 
you know, I, I this, these are good jobs. I think um, I'm hopeful, and I think we will have a lot of really strong interest from from strong coaching candidates. At the same time, you know, I mean, we all understand that it's all hands on deck here. Um, you know, we need to we need to work together and and um, and get get working through that incremental progress we've always talked about in some of those key areas. And so, I, you know, again, I, I just think it's an opportunity for, uh, first of all, we have some tremendous coaches still on our staff that are working. I, I, I know that the coaches that are, are working here these last two weeks have been working really hard. So, you know, I, I don't want to get in too deep into all that other than it's a really great opportunity to take what I think is uh, some really good um, – coaching and vision here currently, add some different perspective, different experiences um, to what we're currently doing. Again, we've, we've all talked about these narrow margins in the Big Ten and how close we've been, and I think this just gives Scott and our coaching staff an opportunity to, to see if we can close that gap further. And, and uh, the positive thing is, is at this point at least, it hasn't been uh, a wide chasm, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Trev, you know, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I know not every athletic director would, would do this. And, and I'll tell you, at least is, is this show. I've been doing this show for 15 years, and and uh, I'm an alum. I'm a fan. I get to be unabashed with it here on on this show, and I appreciate that. Um, and man, uh, we have the same interests uh, that there's some success. I'm gonna tell you what. After last night, though, Trev, I gotta I gotta get some I gotta get some wins somewhere here. I'm I'm hurting as a fan, Trev. Well, let me just tell you something. If you think you're hurting <laughs> as a fan, um, uh, it's not great as the athletic director either. So <laughs> you, you and I my will wife, get we'll get wife. that moment. I know it's going to come, and I'm glad you're uh, you're at the helm. You're welcome on the show anytime. Uh, thanks again for that time this morning. I appreciate it. You bet, guys. Have a great day. There you go, Trev Alberts, University of Nebraska athletic director at 8:27 on KLIN.